0: Hello, and welcome back to episode four of series two, Applications 101. Today we'll be talking about financial literacy. This is the first part in a two part series. I believe the second part will be up by the time this first part is up because we want you guys to have all the information once it's ready and today in this part we'll be talking about financial literacy in school so it'll be taught it'll be about um, loans loan differences all the financial things you will incur while you are in school and then the second part is financial literacy in life so tips and tricks and information that you'll need at any stage of your life And we think these parts are really important because we want to destigmatize the conversation around money. And we just believe that there's so much information out there that you can get a little overwhelmed. So we kind of want to break it down for you, help you out. It took us a lot of time and struggling to understand the information that we have now. And we just want you guys to have an easier time. And overall like they don't want you to learn about money because that's how they make more money. They, right. they literally make more money with you being ignorant and not knowing about finances. So that's we right. Want Put you them guys. on blast. <laughs> yes. We want you to save your coin and be educated. Mm-hmm. Period. And with that being said, we can talk about episode one and how that touched on FAFSA. So mm-hmm. If you want to go back to Episode 1 of Series 2, Applications 101, um, we talked about kind of undergrad applications, the Common App, stuff like that. And they touched on the FAFSA, and it's a free form to apply for financial aid from from the government and school. And Episode 1 goes way more into depth about how to apply and different aspects of it. But if you want us to do like a visual representation, if you're a visual learner, we can certainly try and do that. We are thinking of maybe doing like a walkthrough of how to apply for it. And I know there's resources out there. However, we kind of want to do one that's more more personal, how you feel like someone like a college counselor is right next to you, going through it with you and helping you out and pointing out the little tips and tricks because doing it on your own is very daunting especially if you're maybe first gen and your parents don't really know much about know much about the application so you're doing it yourself so definitely hit us up on instagram or in our survey at the description of the podcast if you want us to continue with that
1: period thank you so much for that introduction julie that was perfect and um, yeah, again, just reiterating if you want to know more of that information, you know, refer to that episode. Um, but jumping right into more of what they discussed, uh, by the way, this is Natalie speaking, just a little intro. <laughs>
0: Did I even but, intro myself? Oh my gosh. No, but that is okay, Julie,
1: because that is what it's all about <laughs> the authentic, you know, conversations that we have. and just getting right into that information because there's so much to talk about so much to get into. So don't even trip girl. Well,
0: yeah, I'm Juliana. I, I hope you guys know me by now. <laughs> we'll just keep getting into the episode. <laughs>
1: yes, exactly. All good. So, um, you know, as Julie explained about FAFSA, when you apply for FAFSA, after that, you do receive a financial aid award letter Um, again, from the different schools that you apply to. So, Just important things that I just want to hit real quick, not go too much into depth, but reviewing it. So just deciding whether or not you can attend that at college because that financial award letter pretty much gives a whole rundown of the costs, estimating it, though. So that's a key uh, thing to keep in mind that it's not exact, but just an estimate, um, you know, of those yearly costs uh, for like tuition, fees, books, the room and board whatever it is, transportation, again, they're estimating that. Um, but, you know, certainly important to talk to with your parents, guardian, whoever it may be that is in charge, uh, to, you know, just discuss and decide whether, you know, that's the right choice for you um, Expensive, expenses wise. Um, but yeah, so financial aid, that's just something that you don't have to pay back. So I am referring to scholarships, grants and work study. Uh, and so these um, aid that you're provided, again, don't have to pay back. So that's honestly such a huge uh, help, um, again, depending on the information that you put down from your taxes. So, again, all that information, though, you are being provided from episode one. So don't worry, again, don't wanna get too much info- uh, into depth with it. Um, But again, what's left is pretty much those federal loans, money that is left over that you need to pay uh, either out of pocket or there's private student loans, which we're also going to go into more depth with this episode. Mm -hmm. So moving forward, Mm -hmm. um, in episode two, they did discuss CalFresh. So CalFresh emergency assistance based money for groceries, for food, whatever it may be. Uh, that was touched upon along with work study. Um, so if you want to know any of that information, again, you can go back and listen to those episodes of that financial help that you'll get. And yeah.
0: Yeah. So- and in episode three, we kind of talked about grad school apps. And if you mm-hmm. want to go into grad school or jump straight to the workforce, which is your prerogative, you do whatever you want to do um I kind of want to just jump into this episode right now because there's a lot to cover and I'm getting excited about teaching you about your finances yes
1: Um, I've got my notebook my pen ready I'm taking (laughs) notes along the way
0: I hope you guys do too because it's a lot of information but it's everything you'll need not everything but it's a lot of the things that you will need and I hope you guys will take it into account and just, it, I hope it reinvigorates you to just like start thinking about money and mm-hmm. taking charge of your financial stability. So with that being said, I want to touch back on financial aid. So what Natalie said, there are two types of financial aid. There's financial aid that you don't have to pay back, which includes scholarships, grants, work study. And there's financial aid that you do have to pay back, which are federal loans or private loans. And in talking about the loan differences, there are federal loans such as direct subsidized loans, which are based on your financial, e- financial need, and direct unsubsidized loans, which are not based on financial aid or financial need, but you can qualify for unsubsidized loans. You can qualify for more money each year you are in school. They're not credit based, so you don't need a cosigner. you just they just say, "Oh, you qualify for three thousand unsubsidized um, loans. You can take that out this year. you're a freshman, maybe it'll be four thousand when you're a sophomore and mm-hmm. junior, so on and for subsidized loans, they are um, there's no interest on them while you're in school, so interest does not accrue until after you have graduated, and for unsubsidized loans. The interest accrues right as the school gets the money. So you'll be accruing interest. Yeah, we don't like interest. (laughs) But you'll be accruing interest as as soon as you take out the loan. And then on top of those, another federal loan is a direct plus loan. And they're credit-based and they're unsubsidized. So um, interest accrues. And they're for parents or graduate students or professional students. So your parents can help you and they take out a plus loan. And they help you with your college. And then you can also, that are not federal loans, you can apply for private loans. And when you apply for private loans, they want to see, they, this kind of ties into credit. They want to see that you're able to um, pay it back. But at the same time, they kind, it's kind of a, they kind of leech off of you. So they're more inclined to give you a loan because they want you to be in debt to them. And um, a cosigner may help you qualify. And a co is just a person that will be responsible for the loan if you can't pay it back. So it's usually someone with better credit than you or your parents or your parental figure or your parental figure. Yeah, <laughs> yes. um, there's another word for it, but I want to continue. Guardian. <laughs> guardians. Yes, your guardians. Yes. And then we can go straight into loan repayment now. So if you took out a loan, how do you pay it back? So you can either refinance your student loans, So that's when like a private lender pays off your loan and kind of buys it from the government. And they give you like a new repayment schedule at a lower interest rate per per month, like that. And then for mm-hmm. subsidized loans, going back to federal loans, the government pays the interest on these loans while you're in school. So, and during the grace period. So after you graduate, I'm going to graduate next year. So once I graduate, <laughs> yay! So once I graduate, um, I get a six month grace period for my federal loans, and I don't have to pay anything for six months. I don't have to pay interest for the subsidized loans, and then once that six months end, I gotta start paying, <laughs> <laughs> which is fun in twenty twenty one. Love um, the debt. debt. We love it, and then. Like I said, unsubsidized loans, there's no grace period, interest always accrues, but you still don't have to start paying until six months after, mm-hmm. I believe. Yes. And then you can always defer your loans, which means you can pause your federal loan payments often for up to three years if you qualify, but these are really, if you're facing significant financial hardship, is when you would defer your loans, such as um, COVID has created a lot of like necessity for loan deferrals and Mm -hmm. a lot of the government was actually um accommodating a lot of people and there was a special like loan deferment with like program if you were affected Mm -hmm. by COVID yes um so if you have just graduated if you're a class of 2020 you can look into all that stuff as well I'm sure you probably got notified of it however it's good to look into it and going back to that grace period in six months, so most loans, student loans, do have that six months grace period. However, if you have private loans, it varies by lender. Some offer the grace period while others expect it as soon as you like get the loan. So if you get a private loan in your freshman year, you may have to start paying it at that point, but you have to check your loan agreement that you signed or ask your lender if you're not sure. And that was a big topic that we wanted to discuss in this episode. But here are some tips for when you're dealing with your loans. Like find out what your loan payment will be as soon as you graduate or during the grace period. And find out who your loan servicer is before your grace period ends. Because they're the company who's going to be sending you the bill and collecting on the payment. And they can help you even create a payment plan. They want the money back, so they're willing to work with you a lot more mm-hmm. and capitalized interest we love this mm-hmm. okay so i like i mentioned before you can get interest on interest accrues on your loans and that's called capitalized interest so it is the unpaid interest that's added to your student loans which increases the total amount that you repay so you're owed three thousand dollars but then interest accrues monthly and then you're owed maybe thirty one hundred dollars thirty two hundred stuff like that And so you'll end up owing more at the end of the day because you're borrowing the money and they need to make money. Right. And so technically it means that paying off the interest before it capitalizes. So if you pay at least enough to cover the monthly interest that you accrue on your loans, then um, you won't, you'll be stuck at you will still owe 3000 instead of owing 3,200. And then having loan, I mean, sorry, having, um, having interest accrue on top of the 3200 and then on top of like the 3300 that it is now, something like that. And it's like a messy process. They want you to not understand it. But essentially, if you have like, if you like, I think I've said it before, if you have 3100 and you have 10% interest, which is a lot. Okay, let's say you have 5% interest <laughs> on your loan instead of it being originally on the 3000 if your loan is now thirty-one hundred, eventually the five percent interest will be charged on the thirty-one hundred, and then it'll just get progressively snowballing until you owe a lot of money. <laughs> so, if you pay the capitalized interest, if it's thirty-one hundred after your original $3,000 loan, if you pay the one hundred, then the interest will go back to only being on the three thousand, and vice versa. So you won't keep snowballing <laughs> on that point so pay it off as soon as possible if you can if you have a part time job this is where it can go mm-hmm. and that's what we really advise and we advise places like the your your school's financial aid office mm-hmm. or the federal student aid government website and your loan servicer and also nerdwallet.com like they don't hide the information they just like don't advertise it because they rely on you not knowing how it works cuz they want to get more money so if we show you guys how it works and how you get and how you can understand your loan you'll be able to be smarter and start asking the right questions
1: exactly and honestly just to add on to that like you know with loans it's a super confusing sort of uh process really and you know for any listener you know who just took out a loan. Who's thinking about taking out a loan? Whatever it may be, like you are not alone. Like there are services there to help you out. And you know, I remember right now recently that I'm about to graduate this semester. Um, yeah, I remember being super like kind of stressed out about loans. You know, because you know I've got a few out. I could not pay off all that uh, tuition, but. What was really nice was they do uh, have a mandatory like exit uh, counseling services, you know, where they teach you the process of like what kind of repayment um, plan you want to take, whether it'll take you 10 years, 15, so on. But it's just to give you an idea of how the process works. So, again, you're not alone in this, you know, just take advantage of those services that are there for you. Um, And again, with this episode as well. Um, you know, I I know, uh, it sounds kind of a little bit on the boring side and whatnot. But honestly, like, it's just to help you out. It's super, you know, informative. And it's just the best way so that you're all not too stressed about it. um, And that you feel a little better because you know, as a first-gen student, uh, both of my parents being from Guatemala, it's a little harder, you know, when they're trying to, when I'm trying to discuss loans with them, um, not that they don't understand, but of course, just the whole process of it and having to explain it, you know, I felt like I've always had to fill out my FAFSA loan, so, you know, um, Mm -hmm. again, all this information, all these resources there at your hand, use it, okay? (laughs) But, you know, jumping straight more into depth on Financial literacy in school. What other services or what other resources are there? What other, you know, worries? Um, one of the most important ones is definitely food insecurities because you know you gotta stay healthy, mm-hmm. uh, gotta mm-hmm. feed your feed. stomach. That is, um, for me, constantly hungry. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> a great service is Cow Fresh. So we will we will be providing the link for that um, on more information that they have. But it's pretty much just emergency uh, assistance needed for funding on your groceries, um, just pretty much giving money to you. Uh, And so, you know, um, I do want to mention that this is only specific to California. So again, best to check out for any listeners that is out of state, um, you know, uh, what kind of requirements. But it's just a form that you fill out, um, providing that information um, on your income um, just to see that uh, emergency assistance needed um, to figure out, you know, how much to give you and everything uh, just to verify. So highly recommend using that. Like I said, it's just free money for groceries. Who wouldn't want that? You know, mm-hmm. I definitely did not take advantage free of this money. if I'm being honest. So... I definitely like and moving forward I was only in it for uh, like, yeah. with food banks and food pantry your school practically almost every school you know what don't don't quote me on that because i could be wrong but <laughs> majority <laughs> of schools you know they do provide a, a food pantry where it's also free groceries you know you go in you just have to show your id and you get free groceries you know they don't check your income or anything you know so you know On a weekend that you're not going home or, you know, maybe you're out of state or whatever uh, and you need some food, just visit your food pantry. Check out the services that your school provides for you to be able to get that food. And moving forward, Mm -hmm. there's also buying out. Okay, I, I spend so much money weekly which was not a good idea <laughs> do not recommend okay but you know going to sisa northridge depending on the school you go to i know i had a lot of different restaurants and food places nearby so i was constantly eating out it's mm-hmm. not a good idea okay anyways but um again so it's really important to just almost like budget but at least you know notice how much you're spending in a month uh, try avoid getting those coffee or snacks every day all right make your own coffee at home get those reusable cups whatever it may be so that you're not spending so much because it does add up and making meals at home you know so you know that ties in with groceries just trying to be careful with how much you're spending um i know living at the dorms and even off campus uh since i did have roommates we try to sometimes divide the cost of groceries Or, you know, and try to get it like either every two weeks or monthly, whatever it may be. But again, just finding Mm. smart ways of being able to save that money. And also meal prepping. So another way to avoid eating out, highly recommend. Yes, honestly, it's a great way to, you know, when you're tired after class, you come home and you've already got a meal right in the fridge. You just got to heat it up who doesn't love leftovers? Mm -hmm. So
0: yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Nat. And now we're going to go into on-campus versus off-campus expenses. And on-campus expenses, meaning like living expenses. So if you're living on campus, that's mostly paid by loans. And you can choose between living in a double, triple, single, you know, the cheaper, the more roommates you have generally, the less Rent you have to pay, or the my less like the cheaper amount it is, mm-hmm. and then it just depends on the university that you have. I at Santa Barbara, I lived in a small double, so I lived my life those two years I was on campus in like a small, tiny room. It was smaller than a double, but it was cheaper. <laughs> and whatever's cheapest, and i I liked it because it was small it was cheaper than a triple, and I didn't want to live with that many people. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of have to know yourself and know how you want to live, but also coincide that with your budget. So I really, I sacrificed the amount of space for having less people there and it worked out for me. And meal plans are often included with your on-campus housing, so you don't really have to factor in that as much. However, you have to factor in the amount that you pay, like the amount of swipes that you get at your dining commons or however your campus works. Mm Which is weird because some people don't have dining commons. And I'm just like, so you can like spend a swipe at like Chipotle. Like can't relate. It's so nice. <laughs> Cause it, yeah, right? <laughs> like the food was good. And don't get me wrong. Like there was some good food. But sometimes you're just like, I don't want this. And I don't want that. I kind of want Chipotle. But like I got to use a swipe. Nah. So, at my
1: school, the food was a hit or miss. Like, oh, no. I don't want to talk bad. But like, <laughs> let's just say that try to avoid it as much
0: Good. oh no because <laughs> at one point i was vegetarian Ooh. like borderline vegan uh-huh. so i wasn't eating meat so i would sometimes i would just eat like sweet potatoes <laughs> because <laughs> a lot of the dinner had meat so that your dietary needs you should definitely factor uh-huh. into your meal plan and how many swipes you should get period because and then if you're living off campus that inc- accrues a lot of different living expenses so uh-huh. you got to pay rent Utilities, food, utilities are separate from rent. So that means like Wi-Fi, water, power. It all depends on where you're living. Sometimes it's included. Sometimes it's not. So if it's not included, you should really monitor your usage. Mm -hmm. Check out the different Wi-Fi service providers and leaving all the lights on, obviously, (laughs) increases your light bill. So turn it off, (laughs) save the energy, turn off your light. And if you are getting an off-campus apartment, you may need to sign a lease. So that means you may need to have a cosigner, which is the same type of cosigner as the loan. So it's essentially someone who will pay it, pay your rent if you if you can't pay it, like someone who's required, who's on the hook for your rent if you can't do it. And then uh, and a lot of places don't, but it's a lot more reputable if you do have a co So I would check into that. And you may have to pay a security deposit, which is if you damage anything, it's the amount of money you pay down. And if you damage anything, like they keep some of it or they take it out of your deposit. So don't punch any walls or don't <laughs> paint anything. Do you have, that a, do you have a story behind that? Is someone punching the wall? Um, <laughs> no. Question mark. <laughs> However... I did have my security deposit withheld like 50 bucks because they took the cleaning fee out of it. And I was like, but I, I clean the apartment, but run me my money, (laughs) give me my $50 back. It was out of like 700. So security deposits Mm -hmm. are usually the amount of your first month's rent a lot of the times. And if you're leasing off campus, a lot of the leases are usually one year rather than like nine months if you're on campus. So really take into account if you're going to have that extra income to, have to stay there in the summer months mm-hmm. and if you budget for that. And we just want to have a general warning of like big leasing companies, be careful of like potential like leaching landlords. Mm-hmm. We know rent inflation occurs a lot in college towns. Santa Barbara Isla Vista is really bad with that. It can cost a lot of money, to stay there. So sure. if you have high rent and you don't have a lot of money, do you know what that means? More roommates. So <laughs> Yeah. Nah, can you, you have stories
1: about that? Uh, yes, honestly, like, I mean, you know, as Julie mentioned before, like there's just so many things that go into like when you decide an apartment and um one of the things is how many roommates for sure. So I mean, yeah, it's definitely a huge perk to have more because that means less rent but it also depends like are you willing to sacrifice that space as well because I think that's super important in the sense that like sure you can put up with it or you think you can but then when the moment comes like maybe it was too much you know maybe you feel like you never have enough space or time so you know that's definitely something to really consider but you know definitely a perk, you know, less, less rent. Uh, I know at one point we almost had six roommates when I was living off campus near Northridge. (laughs) Um, Almost though. (laughs) I ended up moving out a lot sooner just because of COVID and everything. So Mm -hmm. did not have to deal with that. But um, before that, I mean, we had about three people living, I mean, sorry, five people, including me. So um, and it was like two rooms three in one two in the other it, it really wasn't mm-hmm. like the worst you know we were all like really close with each other and comfortable so that's again oh, that's another good. thing to consider um but let's say that you don't want to live off campus you don't want to live on the dorms and instead you're living at home which is perfectly normal a lot of people do that. I know going to CSUN, It's known as a commuter school, meaning a lot of people live oh. um, nearby. So commuting. Yeah. What that just means is that you drive to school, you drive back home. You're staying at home, and great mm-hmm. way to save money from living expenses. Um, oh yeah one thing though to keep in mind is the parking fee for school having to get there early so you can find parking I know people struggled with that a Mm -hmm. lot but um, it's definitely very economic Um, yeah you do have to deal with those inconveniences of parking but again honestly saves you a lot of money Um, which also leads us into like different types of transportations so Julie did you how did you get to school
0: Um, so I was in Santa Barbara, which is about two hours from where I was, but I lived off Mm -hmm. campus for my third year, which I do have a story about that. I loved it. I had like a roommate who was a foreign exchange student. She was great. Um, but the thing is my third year coincided with COVID. Mm. So I did sign a year lease that I was on the hook for during COVID and so while I was traveling back and forth from LA during the COVID times, or I was in LA for like three months mm-hmm. and I was still paying Yo. my rent in SB. So very, be, be really very hard. careful when you're looking <laughs> at leasing <yeah>, in my <laughs> wallet, too. Um, but while I was living off campus, sometimes I didn't want to walk back to my apartment. It was like, half a mile away but still I was lazy (laughs) so I would take the bus that we that runs through campus and throughout Santa Barbara and Goleta Mm -hmm. and it was free so we had free bus passes for the SB County Mm -hmm. I believe and if you were a full-time student you got access to ride all the buses which is great for a girl who doesn't know how to drive (laughs) but loves to go out and explore so I really learned how to take the bus and I'm proud of my navigation skills now period so I can't drive, but I can bus everywhere.
1: But let's say y'all don't want to take the bus. Let's say you are living close to campus. You know, some people, uh, they get a bike, they use a scooter, they use a skateboard, uh I accidentally short random story I definitely ran over a guy's foot on my bike so (laughs) I felt so (laughs) bad I was like in (laughs) such a rush and I was just like I'm sorry but (laughs) um definitely like look into your school like how big the campus is see whether getting a bike a scooter skateboard uh whatever it may be is worth it um or you know a car as well uh but Keep in mind those, uh, not inconveniences, but definitely those expenses that you have to uh, spend on. So like gas, how much you're going to be spending in a week. Um, Are I you that one me, friend in the group
0: who has a car?
1: Uh, ooh, I don't know. I prob- I actually have no idea. I just walked to school because I live near campus, but I had my car as well. <laughs> so, you know, I was... Fortunate in the sense that, like, I didn't have to spend too much gas. Um, but yeah, keeping that in mind, along with insurance, y'all need insurance for your car and parking again, that parking fee of what, uh, how much you need to pay for that permit, or whether you can trust those street parkings, making sure you don't get a ticket. Because I've seen it happen so often when I'm walking back to my dorm and I'm like, oh, that person just got a ticket on their car. <laughs> so, you know, keeping that in mind um and then if you don't have your own car you know a lot of people use uber and lyft but again budgeting for that of how much you're going to be spending uh to going to school to going to work to other extracurricular activities outside like clubs and stuff you know keep that in mind how much you're spending um but you know what is free you know what you don't have to spend money on which is beautiful walking (laughs) so but you know not everyone is fortunate if they're not close um but definitely if you could like walk you know 20 minutes maybe
0: if you're physically able to walk exactly so
1: just put up with it just wake up a little little earlier whatever it may be do what you got to do um just to save those few bucks you know uh any other different uh resources you recommend julie
0: Yeah, in terms of transportation, Mm -hmm. like when I would want to come back to SB or to LA, and I didn't have a car, I don't know how to drive. And the train was cool, but it was kind of expensive, not in my budget. So our school has a Facebook group that's called like Rideshare. So essentially, it was split up into two portions, SoCal and NorCal. So if someone was traveling to LA that week, they would say I'm traveling on this day at this time. You can give me 10 bucks, 20 bucks for gas, and I'll take you in the middle of LA, East LA, wherever you want to go,
1: wherever (laughs) they were going as
0: well. Yeah, it was very convenient for me, especially if I would come back and forth for family Mm -hmm. and to visit. And it was a lot more economical. And I could get a ride there and back, and it would work. Y'all hear that? And you get to meet new people. I met a lot of That's people on awesome.
1: Rides. That's a great way. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. not like the best way to make friends, but I mean, you know, <laughs> um, it's a great <laughs> way to make friends.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. And especially if you make friends with someone and you go down often, you go to a certain place and someone else goes mm-hmm. to a certain place often, like you guys can carpool Shoot. frequently. Maybe I'm
1: going to need Northridge to know. step up their game unless they do have it. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: <laughs> I don't know if every school has it. However, if your school doesn't have it and you see a need for it, make a mm-hmm. Facebook group for it. Be proactive. There you go. <laughs> and I think that's all of our tips for this part one of financial literacy Ooh. in school. And I, it was a big yeah. episode, but mm-hmm. I think we got through it and we're ready exactly. for part we two. Hope,
1: we hope y'all... Like I said, took those notes, um, but you know, I we know it was overwhelming information. So don't feel like you need to know everything. You need to be an expert. Do not worry. That's why Google is our friend. Okay, can't always trust everything that you find, but
0: <laughs> oh yeah, not everything. But at least we've given you mm-hmm. some keywords to look out for: unsubsidized, exactly. deferral, interest, savings. You know deferment grace period go. like just giving you those keywords that'll just float in the back mm-hmm. of your mind hopefully. exactly and if you have any more suggestions on what we can talk about or in regards to financial literacy or if you want that fafsa or dream act walkthrough definitely hit us up on instagram or in our survey that will be linked in the description of yes. the podcast and we will definitely take that into account we love hearing all the feedback and we just want to be here for you so tell us how we can get yes, perfectly
1: better. well said julie thank you all for listening stay tuned for part two of financial literacy in life all right again thank you all for listening and we'll see y'all next time thank you bye bye <laughs>